0: Hi, I'm Emily Freeman, and I'm Natalie Jackson, and we're both directors of Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty. And welcome to this episode of our C Sporty B Sporty Role Models podcast series. In this series, we are talking to some awesome and undisputed role models from the world of sport. Why? Because we are celebrating the launch of our Role Models poster series. Posters of awesome role model girls doing the sports that they love, which we have sent out to our first set of two thousand schools across Western South Yorkshire. We know that girls and boys in primary schools still aren't seeing enough pictures of other girls being sporty, and if you can't see it, you can't be it, so we are doing our bit to fix that. My co-host today has already said hi, it is Emily Freeman, it, she is Emily Freeman, former UK number one sprinter, Olympian, world finalist, and of course my co-founder at Totally Runnable and Sporty B-Sporty. Hi Em. Hi Em. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. And I'm super excited to announce that our guest this week is fast becoming an English football legend. She has played for Sheffield United, Doncaster Rovers Bells, Sheffield Wednesday, Liverpool, and of course, Chelsea. She was named WSL Player of the Year last year and PFA Women's Players Player of the Year. She is England Lionesses and Chelsea forward, Bethany England. Welcome, Beth. Hi,
1: thanks very much for having me.
0: You are very welcome. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Appreciate it, can't wait.
0: No, me too. Um, we are kicking off today's episode with a game that I like to call 11 Things Everyone Should Know About Bethany England. Are you ready? Right, okay, let's go for it. It's multiple choice. I mean, it's, it's either or. It's not, multi- it's not like a test, ABC. Have you, have you got
1: the answers for me, yeah?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I can make some up if you like. Um, I know one already because we've just sp- spoken about your dog body, um, so I know one, but basically it's either or, We're it's all about role models this series and everyone is different and we're celebrating that, so we just want to know a bit more about you. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Warm weather or cold weather? Warm weather. Love Actually or Bend It Like Beckham?
1: Oh, Love Actually.
0: Controversial. Hot chocolate or coffee? Hot chocolate. Digital watch or analogue watch?
1: Mm, digital.
0: Box sets or movies? Movies singing or dancing dancing watching football or watching tennis
1: watching football
0: and cardio or weights oh uh weights. weights oh interesting stuff i mean arguably that's all we need to know we could end the podcast right there but we're not gonna um I had my first question and I always think this when I'm when I'm surrounded by elite athletes which happens fairly often is I want to I want to get the two of you together and make you battle in each other's sports basically and I read somewhere Beth that you did some athletics growing up so I wondered whether um you've been retired a few years now what do we think we could put you both on a track who's gonna win
2: (laughs) Uh, I think Bethany would probably beat me at anything physical right now. Um, I'm doing a little bit of running, um, a bit of jogging, but I I'm not as strong as or quick as I used to be. And um, if you give me a ball at my feet, I would not know what to do with it. I have not played football. I've never I never even considered it as a sport for me. Just probably. Because I was a girl and I was growing up, it wasn't on offer. And I just uh, went down to my local track and started running. So, um, yeah, I, um, I I don't think I want to race anybody right now, to be honest, especially not somebody who's in shape. you got to
1: back yourself. you got to back yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a sprinter. I, when I did athletics for many years, I did, like, an array of events, like cross-country. I did um, pentathlons, um, heptathlons, hurdles, you name it. I did – it wasn't just sprinting, so – I think you'd give me a good run for my money, I'll say that much.
2: (laughs) I'm not sure. Maybe on like 10 metres or something, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not that.
0: Um, So Emily and I are both based in Yorkshire and we do a lot of work with Barnsley College. Our office is based in Barnsley and I know you went to Barnsley College, Beth. Tell us about growing up in Barnsley and how you first got involved in football. Yeah,
1: so obviously I'm... I've always said I'm a proud Yorkshire lass. I love where I'm from. Um, I was always... I'm really appreciative of my childhood because I always had something to do. Like you say, I I started off doing athletics when I was young. I did football, badminton. There were so many sports that I was able to go to and be a part of thanks to obviously my parents taking me and stuff. And um, originally, I I actually got involved in football because when I used to go and visit my grandma's house, um, one of her friends on the street had a grandson... Um, who I actually went to school with. And he asked me and my um, twin sister to join his um, boys football team called Junior Tykes, um, which obviously most people know about in Barnsley. And, um, yeah, so I I started playing with them. We were the only girls there and we didn't care. We just wanted to play football. We loved playing. We enjoyed it. And it was, yeah, the start of something great, which I didn't realise would end up becoming my career effectively.
0: And I heard that you had a terrible first score in your first match. It did not go well for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think we played a team called Spy Rangers and I think we lost like 22-0 or something. It's ridiculous like that. And even though we got absolutely battered, I just remember like being like, right, when's the next game? I just wanted to play and I just, I just really fell in love with the game. And I was fortunate that even because at the time obviously even when I was young there there wasn't really any girls team there wasn't many female professionals to look up to in my sport and at the time and I was very lucky that I was accepted into a team like junior tights where all the boys treated me just like anyone else like me and my sister we we just got on with the game they just loved us playing with them and um, it really helped me I think start my career off by by playing with the boys I've always said that I think playing with the boys from an early age helped me progress quicker it doesn't
2: sound like you had much other kind of option I guess and that was that was all that was kind of available to you and it kind of luck got you to such a positive kind of team to start with I guess and then um it went from there
1: yeah I mean obviously like you said growing up there wasn't probably an option for it I mean I I really had to fight for it um to get it when I went to secondary school we finally started a girls football team in there I ended up I think when I was in my last year year 11 I ended up coaching the year um eight and nines girls football team and to be able to try and bring more options for females especially in sport that are seen as male dominant sports I thought was really good and yeah like I said I was really lucky that I was accepted into playing football at an early age. And obviously then more and more football got popular for girls, which is why I then went on to play and join um, Sheffield United Academy. So I think it's important that, especially nowadays, there's girls football teams everywhere and it's such such a joy to see. And um, it definitely sets them up for a better pathway to what I had growing up, like to look at, you see, obviously our games on TV all the time and so many young girls and boys are witnessing female footballers playing on live TV and hopefully eventually in stadiums again.
2: It's like a different world probably from when you started. Mm -hmm.
1: As a kid, I would never have thought that this would have been
0: like a dream of mine to, to live out. It's amazing to me to hear you say that because I grew up and I wasn't particularly sporty growing up, particularly at primary school. But I grew up, I was a big Man United fan growing up. I watched football, you know, several times a week on TV. My walls were covered in, you know, posters of of footballers. But I think I'm about 10 years older than you. And it literally did not cross my mind that women could play football and obviously we had you know the the there was a ban on women playing football in in um, fa stadia for 50 years and i think that has had such a huge um kind of hangover in terms of of the impact it's had i know when so when i was growing up in the in the 90s it just wasn't there was there were no women playing football it wasn't until i got to university really and then into my 20s that it was really on tv and how important do you think because we still i mean it, it's definitely improved but we still in the way that we do in schools we still often will hear teachers or girls in school saying that it is mainly boys who play football in the playground you might get um you know an odd odd girl or two and i don't mean odd as in odd but actually sometimes they do feel like they're the odd girl um, and and children develop these stereotypes from such a young age how important do you feel it is to to Tell girls that they don't necessarily need to go play on the boys' team. It's something that girls can do by default.
1: Yeah, of course, it's massively important. I mean, as I touched on now, anywhere in any city or area that you're in, they've got girls' football teams. It's not where a case of, oh, if I want to go play, I have to go and play in a boys' team. And I can appreciate that for a lot of girls, it can be quite intimidating to go and play with them. And maybe some boys aren't as accepting of it. And I mean, like I said, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, like I was really lucky that I was accepted in the team that I was. And I think what helped was that me and my sister were quite confident um, young girls. We didn't care. We just wanted to play the sport. So we didn't care if we, if, if a boy wants to come and tackle me hard, like I'll, I'll go and tackle them back. Like, you know, my sister, especially she would nail some of the boys. And I think that girls again are under so much pressures. I think, because it is always perceived as such a male dominant sport, I think they would probably think that they look different to their friends. I know I was the only girl in school that really played with the boys at, at, in the playground. Like I was the one taking the football for the boys to come and join in with me, do You know, I'm, like in my school bag. And the other girls would always be like, oh, best playing with the boys again. And I think if, eventually they just accepted the fact that I preferred to do that sport and not just, I don't know, like netball and stuff. I wasn't, again that's perceived as a girl's sport and it's just it's just to me crazy at the time growing up how different we we led our lives as kids to now that the amount of options that young girls have um, to express themselves and be free in what they want to do now I think it's amazing and there's a lot of work to do like you say I think that 50-year ban really put women's football on such a back foot I mean when all all the men went and fought in the war it was the women left behind to do all the jobs and we did the jobs perfectly adequately and it's it's a shame that then obviously when that finished we then got put on the back foot again and we've been trying to fight for the equality in the women's game um we've still got a long way to go but we're we're starting to make real good progress
0: definitely yeah absolutely so when you were growing up then and playing football who were your role models
1: Mainly, my I grew up supporting Liverpool, which I'm probably going to get slated for when this comes out. But um, Steven Gerrard was my idol ever since I was a little girl. I absolutely adored him. I thought he was just an unbelievable midfielder, the way he led his team, the goals he would score. Um, but funnily enough, at the time, I knew of, obviously, the Arsenal players. So for me, a female role model I looked at was a player called Rachel Yankee and who is an absolute legend. I know a lot of people talk about Kelly Smith, which ultimately she's one of the most biggest icons in the women's game. But for me, Rachel Yankee was a player I looked up to. And I'll never forget the time I was at Chelsea and she joined, she come down to train with us for a few times while she was getting ready. I think it was for Soccer Aid or something. And I, even I was, what, 24 and I was still like starstruck, like, oh my God, Rachel Yankee's like next to me. And um, and then the, and twenty minutes later, I'm shouting at her for not passing me the ball on a football pitch. So it's just funny how how these things
0: come about, really. And what how what made her a good role model for you? What did she do?
1: I think just watching um, the, the times I was able to watch it, just her finesse and skill on the ball. Obviously, she at the time she was a, a winger, and I played as a winger at Sheffield and Doncaster. So I think it was more position specific that I really looked up to and I just I just felt like she was a really good footballer and that's when I think you can really start and see when it's on TV at that age you're like oh wow maybe maybe that could be me one day you just never know and obviously now that's that's me most weeks and it's it's frightening to think how little your dreams were to how much of a reality they they can then become.
2: And could you see Rachel often because was she on TV much or how did you really kind of see her perform, I guess?
1: Um, whenever, there wasn't very many coverage of women's games, but obviously when they were on, I would watch them. Um, and then being, when I was at Doncaster Bells, I, I was the, I think I was the youngest player when the WSL first kicked off at 16 years old. And so obviously we would then play Arsenal in the league. And so I'm, I'm not only watching my favorite, I'm like being playing against them and um, at the time obviously there wasn't a lot of money and funding in women's football so it it was very much whatever you could see especially some England games would be televised obviously they played a lot of games for England senior women so it was just as and when you could see it really it wasn't as like profoundly televised as what it is now.
2: And if you had that chance to see more of it would it have had a even greater effect on you I guess I'm just trying to think of the youngsters now coming up and getting that more exposure? um, Do you think that's going to help them?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, I didn't even know it was going to be a a profession for me. I I came into professional football when I was, I think I was 21 years old when I signed my first professional contract. So from being a teenager, I was playing semi, I guess, semi-professional football, not even realising that that could be a career. I was working two jobs alongside playing football and going to college and and you don't think that you're ever going to get out of that. And I think the more young girls are able to see professional sports women on their TV screens will give them that ambition to fight for that. It's something that they want to be a part of and, and follow the dreams in that. I mean, you look at stadiums now when we're playing games, there's crowds and crowds full of young girls, even young boys. But to see the amount of young girls now following teams and players and looking up to these players as role models is just so inspirational and we want to keep fighting the fight to make sure that when it comes to their time and their pathway that they're in the best position possible to live out their dream
2: and you're paving the way for them really which is amazing
1: yeah I, well any professional sportswomen is I think you've seen a lot of um, advocacy for women in in many sports um, not just football and it's it is it's really great to see
0: yeah absolutely in terms of role models obviously we've spoken about football role models did you have any role models outside of sport outside of or outside of football in other sports or in what your wider life
1: I think as cliche as it sounds um I think the one of the most important people to me growing up was was my mum um because Obviously, my dad is a big figure in my life as well. And I, obviously, equally, they're just as important to me. But for me, I was really close to my mum. She took me everywhere for football. I, they, they, they worked tirelessly. Um, jobs just to take us to pay our subs to go and, and play football, to let us go and do athletics on weekends. They gave up so much of their time for me and my sisters to go and do the things that we loved. And I'll be forever in their debt for that. And and especially my mum, like, she she was always um, the one that would take us to football, mainly as I got older because my dad was very much on the athletic side. We're not, we've never been a massive football family. So I think for my family to see me um, in this, I guess, area of sport isn't, like, my mum probably, bless her, just about knows the offside rules. All these years she's been watching, she still probably doesn't know a great deal of it. But, yeah, she just the way that she's worked endless jobs and how much graft she's put in, I think has really helped me realize to to never give up. And because of her, um, there was a time in my life, which was difficult. I nearly did quit football and um, to think that I could have quit before actually achieving my dreams. I don't think I would have been able to live with that. So I owe a lot to my mum for that. What, what made you think he might quit? well how long have you got I mean um, (laughs) it was it was just a time in my life where I was playing and um, obviously everyone gets treated differently um, with managers they all have different experiences and it was where I was feeling like I wasn't good enough I weren't able to to stick it out I guess and that there was just too much heartache rather than joy coming out of it and I think when you start to lose your love for it you find yourself in quite a dark place of not really wanting to do it much more and thankfully i I had really good people around me and especially my mum like they've never been pushy parents my parents they've been amazing they've always encouraged me to do what makes me happy and i think she just helped me realize that it wasn't something worth giving up on and thankfully she was correct
0: and how did she do that did she was it through sort of just talking to you was it how did you? it sounds like she was really helpful yeah, I
1: mean, it were a number of things, just obviously, one obviously always helps to to talk to someone and normally you think, oh, your parents are just biased because they're your parents. They could say you're the best player in the world, even if you're not. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that my mum and dad especially have always been fair and like harshly critique me when like I could think I've had an absolute awful game and they would pick out the positives. But equally, if I think, oh, I've had a really good game. They'll be like, yeah, but what could you have done better with this? I th- I don't think you did this right. And I think just obviously, well, I was younger at the time and I wasn't as mature. And I think having a figure that is able to rationalise things down for you and set things out and make you realise that the world isn't going to end as dramatic as that sounds, I think it really puts things into perspective and what you feel is worth fighting for. And like my my family aren't quitters. They're they're really hardworking people and I again, I like to say that they've passed that on to me and I think ultimately through talking and watching things, my mum made me realise that um I would never quit and I'm definitely not gonna quit now.
2: Sounds like she was a really good role model. And like sport can feel like the world is ending and it's the be all and end all and putting it in perspective and um yeah helping you to see the kind of wider picture can help you kind of stay in it and I'm glad you did.
1: (laughs) Yeah no yeah, like you say I think um, even in a team sport it can feel like the world's loneliest place at times and I think as long as you have good people that you're surrounded with that don't necessarily you they're not there to feed your ego but they're there to make you see like the reality of it and what it is you are good at what how you can help yourself improve and and like say, it weren't just my mum. My dad was 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 big in that as well. Like he's always been honest with me. Even now, I'll ring them after games. Every, to be fair, I ring my mum after every game. I'll ring my mum, unless you knows I'm in a mood, then I won't ring her. But um, every I'm like, so how how do you think I did? I want your opinion. Like she'll give me her opinion. Usually, if my dad's there, he'll tell me. And like I like the feedback because I know that they're not just gonna say things to make me happy. That they're gonna give me an honest opinion
0: that sounds good sounds useful how do you feel about being called a role model
1: I find it very strange especially the amount of times when I have been home and I'll be Morrison's in Barnsley and I've had people come up and ask for a picture and an autograph and to me it's so surreal because I'm just I'm just a young girl from Barnsley just living out my dream and yeah, when you get all the little girls coming up to you at, at stadiums wanting your picture and your autograph and even adults you get adults that that I think we inspire all well because it's probably more so that their generation could never do what we like I am out now living I'm like living their dream for them and I find that so amazing and heartwarming that these people see me as as a, a person that they look up to and, and admire and I think that's a really heartwarming thing to, to feel and be a part of
0: I definitely think that it blows my mind that your job is to be a footballer the little girl in me is, is still having her mind blown I remember when I was pregnant with my little girl and I was finding out what I was having and I was coaching a girl's football team at the time and I said to them I'm finding out next week whether it's a girl or a boy and one of them said oh I hope it's a girl and then she can play football and I just sort of said at her like with this amazed look on my face because to her and I, I said I, you know I love that you're saying that because uh, people when I was your age would definitely not have said that I love that you say that and she just pointed around the pitch where we were on where there are about nine teams training and she just went see and I just thought it is, it is a different world and you are exactly exactly you know right where you should be in the middle of that I think you're an awesome role model um so we use the phrase, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And it sounds like you have seen your parents' hard work and you've seen the hard work of other players and, and you're such a hard worker yourself. But what would you want other perhaps younger players or younger people, what would you want other people to see in you that they could then go and be?
1: Oh, that's a big question. Um, mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, hard work is an a non given I think, how much you put and invest into it is going to be your biggest factor I remember um even through like my secondary school years and college years the amounts of um nights out I'd miss or there's so many things that I missed because I was either working to pay to get my way to football or I was training and I don't think you can ever underestimate how much at the time it feels like you're sacrificing for the reward so I I sacrificed a lot and lost a lot of friends along the way because I was like oh I'm sorry I can't I'm busy I'm, I'm training or I'm working and and I think the true friends really stuck with me I know like my best friend now we've been best friends for over 10 years and she was one that that stuck with me went to college with and I think yeah just work hard as hard as you can but also you have to make sure you find which I've recently been able to do is find your worth for yourself I think so many of us especially in sport we are always judging ourselves on what other people are doing and what they're good at and we're very easily as people negative about ourselves but you have to appreciate what your worth is and what you are good at and remember that you're there for the right reasons and you're not just someone to make the numbers up and I think making sure you have that self-belief not in an arrogant or way um, but I think self-confidence is a real big thing and I hope that many young girls that see us out there every day just know that we've all struggled not it's not as easy as just kicking a ball about and showing up like there's there's good and bad times but ride them waves and the benefits will reap from that like say I'm I'm now playing at one of the best clubs in the world I've made my England senior debut I'm I'm living my my best life really in terms of my career but there is hard work along the way to make sure you get through those bumpy roads as well
2: I think they're two like massive things out there hard work and then like seeing your own strength is such a big one especially in sport because it there's there are always going to be people that are better at certain things there's always going to be people that are worse and or different strengths all over but um yeah you've just got to you've got to be so not focused on yourself but just um, kind of single-minded and know what you want to get out of it and making sure that it's it's that and it that you know what success is and all those kind of things I think is like I say, a really important message and you were saying before when people were kind of coming up to you asking for autographs and things that you, you felt that that was surreal but they see you as this kind of such an icon and I think yeah seeing yourself as that and then knowing that I think for me when I um saw my role models I kind of wanted to know that they were normal people as well and that I could then be them and I could see myself in them and I think um it's so kind of relatable and and probably so natural with them that that'll kind of come through as well so yeah
1: yeah you've hit the nail on the head I think for me it's it's very much like I am just a normal girl from Barnsley and I think it's you know don't, don't, I'm not anyone special I've not grown up with anything like greater than anyone else I've just I just got my head down and worked for what I wanted and I think that's a really key message what you touched on is that we are just normal people and that um anyone can can achieve the same thing
0: what an amazing message and what a message to end on we are about running out of time for today but thank you both so much thank you Emily for being a fabulous co-host thanks it's
2: been really uh, <laughs> enjoyable i've learned some stuff about football and about bethany as well so it's been really good
1: playing. i can't wait yeah. to you be-
0: we can make that happen oh, surely i'll pick the distance <laughs> i would go short Maybe. you don't want to go longer yeah. distance
2: <laughs> oh dear
0: are we- 60 I'll- meters I'll the- or something
2: <laughs> if i put my i'll get my spikes out and you can run in your boots with a ball <laughs>
1: uh we'll just set the
2: parameters around it
1: i've got some spikes at all i can dust off don't you worry about that (laughs) i'll I'll get them
0: out (laughs) next time you're in barnsley we will sort this out you heard it here first thank you so much beth for being an awesome podcast guest where can we find out more about what you're up to where can we follow you are you on social media
1: uh, I am yeah I am on Twitter and Instagram um mostly you'll see a lot of posts about my dog because <laughs> he's like the the shining of my life at the minute but yeah you mostly is a lot of football updates and what I'm what I'm getting up to so um yeah um I for off the top of my head I couldn't tell you my uh social media handles but um yeah I'm sure if, if you looked on there you'd see me people can
0: search and find you uh Thank you everyone for listening as well. Thank you for being a part of the podcast audience. You have been listening to the C Sporty B Sporty Podcast Role Models series celebrating the release of our role models posters. Join Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty for more of the same on social media. Look for app Totally Runnable. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone, have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you know a school who might like to know more about the gender sport gap and what they can do to measure and start to close it, they should be a part of Totally Runnable's Girls and Sport pledge. It's completely free to be a part of and includes some brilliant resources to start your school's gender sport gap journey. Just go to our website at www.totallyrunnable.com or Google Totally Runnable Girls and Sport pledge or email me, nat at totallyrunnable.com.